grab your coffee. It's time for an episode of Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative. I'm your host, Melissa Da Silva. Hello, Chit Chatters. I hope all of you are well and healthy. If you haven't done so already, please leave a review and hopefully a five-star rating wherever you listen to this podcast. It helps spread the word to others that could benefit from listening to this show. Now, it may surprise you, but did you know that I'm an introvert? I know it's hard to believe, but I tick off all the introvert boxes. And one of the many reasons I love having this podcast is because it forces me to reach out and connect with others, mostly individuals I probably wouldn't ever meet in real life. I believe this is true for my guest today. When I first saw his topic, irrigation system company owned by a member of the queer community, I honestly thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to get real creative with this interview. But as usual, things didn't turn out the way I expected them, and I'm so glad they didn't. I learned so much about my guest today and what he has experienced as being a gay Republican. I'm so glad that I got the opportunity to have this conversation with my guest, DJ Seeger, and I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I did. All right, Chit Chatters, I am so lucky to have another wonderful guest today. Today, I have for you DJ Seeger. Now, DJ Seeger is one of the head irrigation companies in all of Texas. I don't know if that's true, but I think that you should be. (laughs) Thank you, DJ, for joining me today. Explain to everybody, what is it that you do? So I'm the owner and president of Seeger Water Corporation, and we are a landscape irrigation and backflow prevention service company based here in San Antonio, Texas. So my dad started the company in 1987, and about three years ago, I became president of the company, and he fully retired. And so we uh, we install and maintain landscape irrigation systems, lawn sprinklers. And, and the rumor like pretty, is, is that you are the best in the area. Just got to say. Definitely, we definitely are. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're right now, we are the fastest growing in Texas. Uh, we're the fastest growing uh, irrigation company in Texas. And believe we're up in the top 10 of the fastest growing service-based businesses uh, wow. here in Texas. It's insane how fast we're moving. And now this year, we brought marketing in-house, which is just a... Uh, None of our other competitors have done that yet. So we were the first company to actually have an in-house marketing team, which is really exciting. But we do commercial and residential uh, work as well as golf and turf work. So we work on everything from little two, three zone sprinkler systems at a person's house, all the way up to golf courses, football fields, soccer fields, and everything in between. Now you said backflow. What does that mean? Because when I think of backflow, I'm thinking of uh, sewage. (laughs) very close very very close uh so it's funny backflow has become a a buzzword in this industry uh in the last five to ten years and so backflow is the unintended reversal of flow of water in a potable water system so you know in layman terms if the fire department opens a fire hydrant it will literally suck the water from the buildings nearby And that's not really a problem. The water in your plumbing system is potable, but the water in your irrigation system is not because your sprinkler heads are exposed to fertilizer, pesticides, animal feces, decaying plant and animal matter. And so that seeps into the sprinkler heads. We definitely don't want that back siphoning or back flowing into the- I knew uh, poop was involved somehow. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) It definitely is. Definitely. Now, did you know that you wanted to run this company when you were younger? Not at all. 
<laughs> no? <laughs> so what changed no. your mind? Uh, so I, d- I grew up in the business. It's always been my full-time job. I was an irrigation technician. And I was making really good money. I was making uh, almost 50000 a year right out of high school, which is wow. pretty good down here. I mean, that's a that's better than a bachelor's degree will get you. Yeah. Um, so even a master's degree in social work. And I know this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was making pretty good money as just a regular technician with a high school diploma. It's funny. I wanted to be the sheriff actually. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to be a cop. Yeah. And so I did actually put my name on the ballot when I was 20 years old and wow. I, I ran for sheriff. Um, I wanted to change things that were happening down here. I didn't like the current sheriff that we had at the time. He's not there anymore. There was a lot of low morale in the agency, misappropriation of funds. It just was kind of a toxic environment for the community to have that kind of law enforcement agency. And at that time in 2016, we had, you know, this huge push for, Black Lives Matter and racial injustice. And that was kind of when a lot of that stuff was really beginning to kick up. And so I wanted to jump in and and make sure that our generation had a chance to express what we thought needed to happen in law enforcement. I actually did pretty well. I got knocked off the ballot by 17 people. So No way! Yeah. So for a 20-year-old running for sheriff, I was pretty darn close to making the general. That's Uh, awesome. Yeah. So my friend, actually, Mark Reynolds, ended up getting elected sheriff. And uh, him and I are still friends to this day. And and we regularly will uh, go back and forth. It's pretty exciting. That's awesome. Good for you for taking that chance. (laughs) I mean, at 20 years old, I can't imagine trying to run for sheriff. Although I think I would love it if I got it. I I just think of this cute outfit that I could be wearing. (laughs) I know, right? I could be wearing a really cool outfit right now rather than a fishing shirt. Yes. Uh, and a secret water shirt. <laughs> oh, you get your own swag so, too. <laughs> I know. I'm. They hooked me up. They really did. Nice. Now, when but, people think of Texas, they think of very conservative, red yes. state, um, not very open-minded to the queer community. What about in your area of Texas? How is that? So I'll put it to you this way. I am the treasurer of the Republican Party here. Whoa, uh, get out of here. Yes, yeah. I am a, uh, I'm definitely a Republican. I'm not a huge fan of Trump specifically. I'm not into identity politics, but I am a Republican. And I'll tell you in the beginning, it was really hard. Uh, mm-hmm. It was really difficult to convince some of these established old school Republicans that uh, the queer community is here. It's not going away. And moreover than that, we are viable contributing members of society. You know, I'm a business owner. I just this past year during COVID, between me and my business, we donated, oh my gosh, almost $8 million to COVID relief between the food banks. And we purchased masks for um, some of the smaller clinics and volunteer fire departments that didn't have the buying power to purchase masks. Through some of our distributors that we buy from, we do have buying power. Uh, Mm -hmm. We buy millions of dollars a year in parts and equipment and things like that. So we were able to, we were actually able to buy more masks than some of the small doctor's offices could get their hands on. Wow. And so we made those purchases. I actually worked with our state representative who's a Republican and and he set up a hand sanitizing manufacturing plant in his shop. And, and so down here, the thing about Republicans in Texas is, you know, we catch a bad rep on the national stage 
because our national leaders like Chip Roy and, and Ted Cruz and John Cornyn are very far to the right. But when you get down to the state politics and the local politics, Texans are very friendly people. And I think that by and large, we're, we're pretty accepting. We haven't quite gotten there yet on the transgender issue. Uh, we need to work on Texas a little bit on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not quite there yet, but I think the issue with that is that a lot of Texans just don't understand the issue. Yes. They don't understand transgender people. They don't understand how do you get to that point. And I'd be lying if I didn't say, if I didn't have a few questions myself, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know any transgender people. So you think you don't, well, you think you don't, that's true. Good point. Uh-huh. Uh, good point. But, yeah. uh, so yeah, do you so we, feel that like the queer community is judgmental when you say like, I am a Republican? Yeah, I've experienced a little bit of that. Most of them are like, okay, I want to know more. Why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, how did you get there? And so one of my big deals is modernizing the Republican Party. I think when you look at the Republican Party's values, other than I think on our platform this year, I think it's uh, 0.7, maybe 0.8 is the issue of marriage. And it defines marriage as a union between one natural man and one natural woman. But when you take that one issue out of it and you look at those other 12 platform issues, I think those are issues that most Americans can agree on. It's just that the way we've presented it in the last 20 years has been very unwelcoming. Like the Republican Party is this political wine club and you have to be wealthy, you have to be white, and you have to be powerful to be part of it. And uh, some of that is still around on the local level. We do still see some of that. A 25-year-old gay millionaire who's a devout Christian kind of, <laughs> I've messed up the entire thing. Good for because, you. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and we just, we don't see, there's not a lot of openly gay millionaires and billionaires. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, typically a lot of your political power, unfortunately, does come from wealth. That will make you more heard than literally any other group. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a gay millionaire come into the mix, who is also a Republican, who's also a Christian, it's like, oh, what do we do? Like, how do we (laughs) respond to this? Like, he has the values we like, except for this literally just this one issue. And I'm like, exactly. Like, that's the one degree of separation that's Mm -hmm. separating so many gay people from literally the rest of everybody else. It's Mm -hmm. just the fact that they're attracted to the same sex. And did you find that difficult to come to terms with, with being somebody who's gay and having these beliefs too? Definitely. It took so much time to sort of reconcile my faith and my sexuality. And, and uh, every now and again, it's, it's kind of like, God, can we uh, have a face to face like me and (laughs) Melissa? Uh, Can can we sit down and, and discuss this issue at length? Um, and honestly, I, I think the best that I can come up with and, and what I've told other young gay people who are in our church, a lot of them there by force, their parents are making them go. I've told them, I'm like, you know, Jesus died for the sins of the entire world. Mm-hmm. And there is no underlying issues. There's no asterisk. There's no terms and conditions. It's just he died and we have grace. And it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I have to live my life on that issue. I have to live my life knowing that that was enough. Yeah. Um, so in the beginning, it was difficult. And especially as a Republican, that was an issue in the beginning. We had never had a gay board member. And then in this industry in particular, you know, this industry is dominated by 
masculine heterosexual men who are also twice my age. Mm-hmm. So it was a challenge being this young. Some of them have been licensed irrigators longer than I've been alive. Yeah. Um, yeah. My irrigator wow. license so number. You yeah, come in like you come in and you are just like mixing everything up. I mean, yeah, just shaking the entire <laughs> like just shaking Texas up. Uh, I mean, are these people old people like, like rolling their eyes when they see you walking in the door? Like, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I'm sure some of them do. And uh, I almost always at, at Republican meetings and business meetings, I arrive with a group. I have you know, my assistant that comes with me and she's actually buying me coffee right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I usually, I, and I believe, you know, I feel like the, the biggest lesson I've learned in my entire life, and this applies to absolutely everything, is the greatest investment you can make is in the people around you. Yes, um, absolutely. That is the greatest investment. We wouldn't be where we are as a company if it wasn't for the, you know, dozens of people. And, and at the end of this year, we might even we're expecting to potentially hit close to a hundred employees. And it's because of them that this industry and that this business is going where it is. People like my assistant being able to get coffee or, or handle phone calls or emails. It's amazing how much time it frees up. Yeah. And I absolutely believe in that too. Like I put my heart and soul into people that work for me because if it wasn't for them, then I wouldn't be able to do the stuff that I do. Yeah, And, you know, and I hope that someday they pass that on to somebody else as well. Um, So I completely believe in that a hundred percent. And sometimes I might actually go a little further and like sacrifice myself for, you know, the needs of my, my people. So it's kind yeah. of a balancing act too. Cause you don't want to be seen as the mean person either. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Don't want you that don't reputation. Want no, <laughs> yes. no. You want to be the friendly open. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes, your cat passed away. Of course you can take two days off of work. I understand. <laughs> like, we, uh, uh, we implemented mental health days here which was interesting. And of course it's so funny. I'm also on the board for the irrigation association here. And so it's, it's the one time a month that me and all my competitors sit at the same table and we literally have dinner and it feels like a mafia meeting. There's no other way to describe (laughs) it. I mean, I'm sitting in a room with 19 other people who are my top competitors and we're just all like have to be friendly with each other. (laughs) Uh, Is it awkward? Um, in the beginning it was, cause I was like, I'm not telling y'all anything. Mm-hmm, <laughs> we do yeah. our own thing. I'm not sharing. But then we kind of started to discuss things. I ended up hiring a couple of them. So I've hired <laughs> out my competitors, uh, wow. some of the smaller ones. And so it's been really, really interesting. And, and I have a new project coming up that I want to start this year. I'm kind of waiting to see how things change with COVID here and, and things like that. It'll probably be closer to the fall. But I want to start a, and I want to pull you into this as well. Of course. And get, kind of have you as a mentor on this project. But I have this vision to start a business providing venture capital and grant funding to LGBT youth. Mm. Um, and so... Yeah, providing capital and grant money to LGBT entrepreneurs, not, I guess, youth as well, but Mm -hmm. uh, entrepreneurs, because there's not any real specific funding. There's a big funding gap for a lot of gay people. I've been extraordinarily blessed with the resources I have, but I know there's a lot of of gay people and and LGBT folks that want to start their own business or maybe even a nonprofit. And 
they aren't capable of doing it. They just don't have the resources. And then starting a business is also, aside from just having the money to do it, there's an entire legal process that comes with starting a business. Mm. And uh, a lot of them don't understand that. And so that's a project that I really want to take on this year. I think that's a great idea because I did an interview with somebody uh, last spring who they were the first credit union, openly gay credit union that was um, offering loans, especially for people who are part of the queer community because there's such a like um, rejection for loans um, for that population. So it's really a great idea because yeah, it is, I'm trying to start a nonprofit right now. And it's like, well, how do I get money? Where do I get money from? You know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think that's a great idea. Absolutely. So it should be, uh, it should be an interesting project to take on. It it really should be. Yeah. Well, that's awesome that you are doing so much with everything that you've worked with. Like, you could just be you and like buy a boat and just be on a lake all day. But it's awesome that you're giving back to the community and like showing yeah. mentorship and stuff like that. That's amazing. And I, we need more people like that. And I think mm-hmm. that it would change people's reputation of millionaires if more millionaires would step up and do their part uh, yes. to serve our communities. So yeah. I've always looked at the resources I have as being a tool to empower other people and to mm-hmm. empower my community. I'm gay. So having children is kind of unlikely. So I feel like everything I've been given is just a stewardship opportunity to pass it on to another generation. Um, Yeah. And I think it's great that you're letting people know it's okay to be gay and Republican. I mean, that is such a great thing to be able to say, because especially up in where I'm from, like if they even sniff that you might be a little bit Republican, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, who who do you think you are? But it's great to know that there are people out there that it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. And I, you know, I think too, that we need, um, you know, the gay community, we have a part to play in that. And I think you just hit the nail on the head with it is we've been discriminated against for so long. We can't turn around. We don't want to go back in time. We can't turn around and be discriminatory or prejudicial towards certain groups Mm -hmm. just because maybe they caused us issues long ago. You know, we have to make sure that we're being fair to everybody. Absolutely. And I think that's something that we all need to start realizing is like, it doesn't have to be either or, or black and white. Like we can have a middle. There are other countries that do have middles. There's not either or. Uh, So (laughs) it can happen. I know this, this can be happening. So what is one tip that you can give our listeners about starting, like running a business, starting your own business at such a young age? Networking. You have to be connected to the right people. Mm-hmm. You will get nowhere if you're not connected. Um, now, what if you're an introvert? <laughs> <laughs> I am so extroverted. That's a hard question to answer. It's hard for me mm-hmm. to conceptualize an introvert and how they think, but you still have to network. It's it's a business is a game in a in a way of in a manner of speaking, and you have to play the game to be successful. And so you have to put yourself out there. And I mean, just to give you, just to show you how powerful networking can be in 2018, we did not spend any money on marketing at all, other than business cards. We didn't even have a website. Oh, wow. And uh, our bottom line revenue increased by almost 400% when I became president because I brought my entire network with me. Wow. Um, then last year we started paying for some marketing and our bottom line revenue after the 400% increase went up 600%. So we were a thousand percent above what we were 
in 2017. Wow. And then it was a miracle this year, 2020. This has been our most profitable year. We made more money this year than the last three years combined. During in the middle pandemic. of a pandemic. Yeah. That's in the amazing. middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And so now granted, our industry is one of those, it's kind of like plumbing and HVAC. It's never going away. And so mm-hmm. we are kind of recession proof in that sense. We've also shifted a lot of our focus towards the maintenance side of irrigation. When a lot of people get into landscaping or irrigation, they want to go for the installation and construction because on a residential landscape job, you can make $50,000 on one job, mm-hmm. but that's not recession proof because the first thing people aren't going to get that. Yeah. Tanks, yep. That's the first thing that goes when the economy hits, but mm-hmm. you still have leaks in your sprinkler system. And then of course, on the commercial side, especially with malls and office buildings and golf courses, those places can't shut down regardless of what's going on. And I think tip number two, if I had a tip number two, is you have to diversify your business. And I see a lot of small businesses that, you know, and it's a little bit easier to say when you, when you have resources, but I see a lot of small businesses that they focus on one specific niche market or niche industry. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's not going to get you anywhere because at some point your business is going to face a downturn. I have other investments in in houses. I buy, flip, and sell houses. I buy, flip, and rent houses. And so you have to kind of diversify your revenue. And then if you'll allow a point number three, you have to be generous. You have to be generous with what you have. You Mm -hmm. have to. And, And generosity does yield a harvest. I tell people that all the time too, because Mm -hmm. people, especially in my field of therapy or social work, we're not supposed to want to make money. Like it's just like, it's a no, no. You should just want to do it because you have a great heart and that's what you want to do. And then I tell people like, just think of how much more you can do if you have more money, it's okay to make money because you can give more. And that's what's important is the generosity of it. I remember my first house that I, that I rented, I was really excited and I was like, yes, I finally have a house I can rent out to people. I can turn, I have my first passive income. And uh, sure enough, my first tenant, she was a single mom with two kids. And after like the second or third month, she called me and she was like, I, we can't afford it anymore. She's like, I realize you're going to penalize us for breaking the lease. It's in the lease agreement. And I was like, I'll make you a deal. I'll rent it to you for a dollar per month if you'll take care of my flowers there. And if I can drop off my dog during the work day. <laughs> and so it was a really fair trade. And, and uh, I ended up, she pays a dollar a month. Um, wow. And so it was another lady that I met at a gas station, really, really poor. And uh, this is a really good example of your generosity getting a return. This is a rare example, but you, she was obviously poor. And so uh, I filled up her gas tank for her. And it was about two years later she reached out to me. I, I had already forgotten about her, to be honest, but she reached out to me and she mailed me a check for $50,000. They won the lottery. Oh uh, my God. And so I paid, I think, $19 for her tank of gas. And uh, she ended up sending me a $50,000 check. And I told her, I said, I'm not going to accept it, but I'll donate it to a nonprofit. Um, wow. Uh, yeah. So it was really, so generosity does yield a return and mm-hmm. it doesn't have, I mean, it's cool to be able to give big things like a house. Um, yeah. but I think even small things, it does yield a return. So. I, I truly believe that too. Absolutely. 
yeah, just give. You just give. If you yeah. have it, just give. And it's okay. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I truly believe that. Well, DJ, yeah. thank you so much. I feel like I've learned so much from <laughs> you, you in 30 minutes about <laughs> irrigation and being Republican and so many things. <laughs> we'll have to have this conversation again soon. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, where can people find more information about you and your company? Uh, Seagerwater.com. I'll, uh, I'll send you the link, but Seagerwater.com is the best place to get information. And my bio is on there as well. All right. So. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for joining awesome. me today. Yes, ma'am. Um, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good day. What a great guest DJ was. Now remember to follow DJ on all his social media. And if you're in the Texas area and need your irrigation systems fixed, make sure you connect with him and his company. All right. If you didn't know, I am a transformational coach and I help people make big changes in their life. And if you are ready to do that, head over to my website and sign up for a free consultation call with me. And that is at melissadesilva.com. So until next time, keep being amazing and keep loving each other. Love you. Mwah.